Research that changes lives. Four simple words inspiring researchers at the University of Leeds to reshape the world. I am Professor Simone Boutenegg. Since arriving at the university in 2020 as Vice-Chancellor, I've been amazed by the passion, creativity and ingenuity of the research community to make a difference. Having the opportunity to exercise choice is really you know, key to palliative care and that individualised care that supports the person in the last few months of life. We need to learn from the mistakes that we've made and we need to learn from the instances where prevention of atrocities work. I think the COVID-19 pandemic actually forced us to become a little bit more digitally literate, although I do think we still have some room to kind of continue growing. One of my priorities has been to learn more about the sheer range of research carried out by early career researchers at Leeds. They are the new generation of world changers, people working tirelessly with communities and academics around the world on finding solutions to seemingly intractable problems. Over the course of this podcast series, I will be in conversation with those researchers. Join me as our world changers describe new discoveries and approaches that will make the world a better and more equitable place to live. It's about research that changes lives. Thank you for listening to this World Changers podcast. I'm Professor Simone Buitendijk, the Vice-Chancellor. In this edition, our conversation gets to the heart of the university's central mission, to make a difference in the world. We do that through our research, but it's also central to our teaching. We want our students to be positive global citizens equipped with the skills and knowledge to solve future global problems, to be innovators, leaders, and critical thinkers. These are people who tend to have what is described as an entrepreneurial mindset, the ability to see opportunities and solutions. But can this be taught? Joining me to discuss all of this is Dr. Richard Tunstolf, Associate Professor of Enterprise, who is based at the Leeds University Business School. Richard, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Simone. Great to be here. So, so Richard, we can, we can we talk about problem solvers and, and having an entrepreneurial mindset as if we all know what that means, but... Do we actually know what that means and what do you think it means? You're the expert. Thank you. No, well, I think um, it's the confidence to develop creative solutions. It's acting early, learning from mistakes and adjusting quickly when things don't go to plan. So it's not really just about the narrow ability to make a profit from a venture. It's more part of a broader set of creative, entrepreneurial and innovative methods. So I think Ultimately, it's about developing a vision of how things might be and always be in the mode of trying to work actively with others to bring that about. So we can relate it, I guess, to what uh, the psychologist Devec called more broadly a growth mindset as against what we might call a fixed mindset. So it's about accepting that you start with who you are, what you know and who you know, and you build out from there. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And is that a set of skills or attributes that we can actually teach students or that we can learn as, as non-students? I think it's a, I think it's really interesting. And I guess one of the questions that, 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 that first of all makes me think about is, can we teach skills and attributes at all? But I think 
universities have always really been about developing the skills and attitudes of their students. But perhaps it's something we've taken for granted in the learning experience in our universities. When we start to focus on the specifics, like the entrepreneurial mindset, we're really bringing this development of skills and attributes to the foreground. And we're trying to say that, yes, this is something an educator can seek to develop in their students, but perhaps it isn't written in the title of the course. Instead, it's something which we're supporting through active experiential learning and trying to make that visible to students so they can start to navigate and make the most out of those opportunities, which being a member of the university brings. Yeah. Do you think we should put it in course titles? Because I think it's something that students really want to learn. I think it's about trying to make it really visible. So it might be in the course title. It might be how we talk about the program, but it's making it really clear to students that there's so many opportunities for what they're learning and that they're an active partner in that. I think that's the key thing. Uh, they understand that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great that you mentioned the word active partner. And then, of course, is you needs curriculum is all about working with our students as partners and active engagement. So, so I was wondering, as I was reading your essay, and as a university that, that wants to make a difference in the world, how important is it you think that we embed this entrepreneurial thinking, whichever we, we define it as, uh, into our entire curriculum for every student at some point in their, their life at the University of Leeds? Yeah, I think entrepreneurial thinking is going to be really important in, in the University of Leeds curriculum. And I think it's about saying if we want to help our students not just develop their knowledge, but it's also about trying to create an impact from that knowledge during their time at Leeds in their future careers. So there's a, a professor in the US called Professor Sarah Servacy, and she calls this the entrepreneurial method, which is a systematic way to achieve the unpredictable by leveraging expertise and shaping outcomes. And what she does is says this is, we can juxtapose that against what we might classically think as the scientific method, which perhaps we most celebrate in our universities, which is more about aiming to predict and then test. So instead, we're saying this entrepreneurial approach is to say what we're going to do is say we don't know necessarily what the outcome is, but by working on it, we can start to shape what that might be. And I think the key point is that we aren't saying these are two opposing forces. Actually, they, they, they work together. We need, we need both of those things. They aren't mutually exclusive. I think combining those approaches is really vital to the university's mission, which is to make a difference to the world, because it's our students who are going to be the bearers of that message and the ones who will be visibly delivering it around the world too. Yeah, it seems to me as I'm listening to you that some of this activity, this mindset, this kind of work, we all recognize as important in the modern world. Um, but I think we're, we probably are less likely to realize that we can actually embed this in the curriculum so students can start practicing this mindset as they're going through university with us. And the, the space should be even safer, shouldn't it? Because you can make mistakes in ways that don't necessarily create issues as much as they may when you're already in the workplace. Exactly. I think it's, you know, tried to say... If we experience failure, do we see it as something which is to be avoided or something which we actively learn from and, and, and feel that we can experiment in that way and, and develop ourselves through it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, embracing failure as exactly what you're saying. We're just not used to that enough, I think. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really great what you're talking about. 
So can you tell me how you yourself got involved in this area of research? What's your, what's your story? Well, oddly enough, I have to take you right back to when I was at school. So when I was there, this isn't actually so much about study, but it's more some of the things I did. So I was really into a form of tabletop gaming. So this is something with, uh, you know, science fiction soldiers <laughs> and you played this strategy game. That's right. And, um, and it was, uh, and you know, part of it was you played this game and it was strategic, but it was also had this maker side. It was quite creative. You built models and I needed someone else to play against. So I thought I'd try and create a club at school and the teachers were supportive, but that wasn't the way that things were normally done. Normally the teachers set, set the clubs up and you attended them. So, and none of them were particularly keen to try and support this, strangely enough. So instead they said, you know what, you can have a classroom, just use that and do what you want. Just don't bother the rest of us. And that was pretty exciting. So I, I, what I found eventually was I was actually more interested in running the club than I was in the games themselves. I love finding out new ways of trying to drive up membership. I had to pitch and raise funds from the parent association. I did some collaboration. I contacted the company who created the games and said, can we bring some of your staff over to run a tournament and make it into more of a regional event? Something, all, all these were things they hadn't tried before. So it was trying to get people and build that network together. And what excited me the most about that, I think, was the opportunity to mobilize all this and finding I was creating value for other people and through that, creating value for myself, of course. And, and I think onwards from that, I ended up creating a business skills society at university too. I kind of got the bug, if you like, and all this was a far cry from what I actually did at university. So I studied English literature first. But later on, I had the opportunity to do a master's in entrepreneurship. And I grabbed at that because suddenly all these things I've been doing, these strange things made sense in my mind. This was a course at the time that positioned this as how creative and action-orientated methods could be used to develop innovation, not just in creating businesses, but in organizations and society. And, and that for me was really exciting. And after that, a few years later, I did my PhD. And that was focusing on how that happens in existing companies, which is something very difficult to achieve. But to me, that was perhaps most exciting to say, well, if it's so difficult, then how, how come it happens at all? And so that's what's been really interesting to me is that behavior and how people take those approaches in difficult circumstances quite often. So for me, it's led to those issues I'm tackling today, both in research and in practice. Because, of course, you can't just think about these things. You have to do them. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. So, so um, I know you teach entrepreneurial thinking and learning in the business school, which is where you're at. Um, and is that different from teaching it outside of the business school? Because I'm clearly hearing you say it doesn't have to be only for business school students. This is something that comes way beyond. Yeah, well, I think, um, as I mentioned, I'm an English literature graduate myself. And I think this is something which all faculties can and actually do deliver. So it does happen everywhere. And I think if I think about this, there were examples at the university here of history classes where students have worked with community groups to help them develop aspects of local history, putting on events. And there was a, uh, a German language class that was organizing a way of teaching German business language through pitching to external agencies and partners. So there are kind of specific ways you can do that. But I think the key for all these subjects is it's about not necessarily worrying so much about the business aspect of entrepreneurship, but this idea of acting, doing, and building and developing. And I think it's about developing a set of skills and ways of thinking 
which is valuable to create insights into any sorts of problems. So an example of this is something known as challenge-based learning, where students are given a global or a, or a key challenge for society and then work together using their own disciplinary training to come up with new and creative solutions. So it's saying, you know, we students are all benefiting from the amazing research-led teaching at Leeds. It's then how do we deploy that and how are we directing that and what opportunities are we giving students to use that in new and creative ways? Yeah, so it sounds like the key to successfully implementing that is collaboration. Would you say that's right? I think so, yes, because it's it's about then students who've got this disciplinary expertise building on that by working with other students from other faculties too. So I think one of the exciting things is where we have collaboration between different subject groups by students working together. It can also be faculty working together from across different disciplines, but it's also about collaboration with local community and through industry and through leaders, which can include our own research community, where you've got this powerful network that develops around problems that are facing us today and trying to be more entrepreneurial about ways of thinking and doing to develop some solutions. If I understand your writings correctly, there are degrees at the University of Leeds where students actually study enterprise as an option in their degree. Is that right? Yes. So uh, one of the ways we're trying to do this at the university is in my own centre, which is the Centre for Enterprise and Entrepreneurship Studies in the Business School. We've got something quite unique nationwide from, from that perspective, where students across different faculties are offered what's known a with enterprise version of their home programme. So we have these in biotechnology, but also in theatre and performance, music, social policy. And I'm currently doing some research with colleagues from biological sciences and the Faculty of Arts. And what we're looking at there is to try and work out, are the students who join these programmes, do they start off with a different way of thinking about their careers and their studies and what it means to them? And then how do they shape their ambitions over those three years? Because I think what we're starting to see is students who have a different approach to their careers, whether that be in pursuing further research and further study, whether it be finding opportunities in innovation or business development in industry, or even creating their own startups. And I think across all of that, we're not really expecting students to create new businesses necessarily. It doesn't have to be just entrepreneurial action, but it's also about trying to create these creative, entrepreneurial and innovative approaches that will help them to go forward in their careers. And that, I guess, is what we mean by that entrepreneurial mindset, trying to develop that through their experience. Yeah. And students work with enterprise ambassadors. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, that's right. So on, on these particular programs and on some of the courses that our centre delivers, we are very fortunate to have a group of just under 30 successful entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs. And what they do is they commit to give up their time for free to share their knowledge with our students and give guest lectures and masterclasses. But they'll also do more than that. So they'll provide entrepreneurial projects within their own businesses. They'll give feedback on students' ideas and, and provide mentoring. So we're very fortunate to have that. It's existed for about 10 years. But I think through that development, they've actually become an integral part of our team and what we bring and offer to, to, to the students we work with. And it's really then about bringing theory to life but it's also about giving students the encouragement that their ideas or enthusiasm aren't just meaningful to their studies and their next assignment and their exams, 
but they're also meaningful to the wider world and that people appreciate that can see that value. Yeah, and they probably can also see career opportunities that otherwise they wouldn't see, you could imagine. Exactly. So, so can you tell me a bit about the Spark scheme, which also is really interesting to me? Yes, so we're fortunate in the university to have a group called Spark. And what they do is they provide dedicated support for any student who has an idea to create a business of their own. And that's offered at any moment from the day they start their studies at the university through to seven years after they graduate. And that's really unique because they offer an open door policy to any student who who comes to them and says, I've got this idea. I'm not too sure how I develop this further. And we also have support from our fantastic alumni and the wider business community who support Spark and adds to that advice through both advice, but also through forms of financial support too. And I think the important thing about Spark is that they share that philosophy I just mentioned of enterprise being more than just business. And they actively encourage social entrepreneurship and the idea that students are working, what they're working on now is just the first step towards their future. So that it's really their skills and attitudes which we're supporting along their journey. Yeah, what a wonderful program, really something to be proud of. And I'm assuming there are also opportunities to work with community organizations in their own area. Yes. So I guess on that on that aspect of the social entrepreneurship side, I think one of the things that's really exciting is how hard the students themselves work on local initiatives and what they contribute. And we've got some fantastic student societies who support that. So one of them is the Leeds Climate Entrepreneur Club, who supports students developing innovative solutions to the climate challenges we face. And then there's a Leeds branch of a global initiative called Enactus. And what they do is support students to develop impactful projects to support the local community. And then, of course, we have Leeds entrepreneurs who are perhaps developing the founders of our future and those new startups of the future. But I think a key thing across all these things, across with enterprise programs, the ambassadors, Spark, these really exciting initiatives, is that they're not just isolated by themselves, but everyone works together to try and ensure that students have access to opportunity and that it doesn't matter what the student's starting point is, but those are available to them. And it's about how the student then wants to approach that depending on their stage of the journey and what makes the most sense for them. There's always a way to begin on, on, on those first steps. Brilliant. Really brilliant. So, so I'm understanding from you that all of us with the right training can actually become entrepreneurial thinkers. Is that right? I absolutely think so. Yes. I think we're all in many ways, a product of our experience. Thinking back to what we've been discussing, traditionally, a lot of our education systems prioritize formal knowledge. And perhaps sometimes we think they're prioritizing that over creative, entrepreneurial, innovative thinking. But I think if we can provide at the university opportunities to access this opportunity and ways to inspire and motivate students, and, and if we have the access to that ourselves and the right support around us, then we can do incredible things. And I think it all comes down to this combination of connecting knowledge with creativity and with action. And together, I think that's a really powerful force to make a difference in the world. Yeah, with the emphasis on in the world, because it's very clear from everything you're saying, this doesn't stop in Yorkshire or at the University of Leeds. This really could could be globally so influential. Which brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. I know you're connected 
also with other universities outside of the UK. You're doing some research now also, I think in the US. Could you talk a little bit about what other universities are doing to promote entrepreneurial thinking and then maybe a little bit about your own work as part of the, the world changer research that you're doing? There are other universities who are working on this and there are some amazing programs that exist. So I guess the kind of things you might think of will be things like Stanford University's D-School. So their mission is to bring design thinking to everyone yeah. as a way to solve problems, not just the designers. There's also the African Leadership Academy in South Africa. And one of their approaches has been to revolutionize their curriculum by putting at the foreground these interdisciplinary global challenges and then allowing students to choose the classes across disciplines which they feel they need to work on in order to get towards that solution. So really going straight at this idea of how can we leverage our knowledge and leverage ways of thinking to try and make a difference. And then, as you mentioned, I'm in the autumn of this year, I'm going to Babson College in the USA, and they are particularly renowned for their work in entrepreneurship where every single program and every class they deliver links to entrepreneurship in some way. And they have this mission of entrepreneurial thought and action being about everything they do. After I was invited to write the essay, which was such a fantastic opportunity, that's really helped to develop some conversations with colleagues in the US. And so speaking to some professors at Babson, their invitation is to come visit in the autumn and try and explore some of this further. So while we understand what this concept is, how do we get to that? I and mean, what, what does that change look like? What's that journey like? And so we're going to look at that. We're also going to look around entrepreneurial practices. How do we do these things? And then the social roles. I mentioned that you know it's about collaboration. So how does that interaction between different partners and networks, how does that really lead to this kind of change? And how does that come together as a whole? And then, of course, beyond the research, we're also thinking about how to try and make this relevant to our students and to learners' experiences and hopefully develop some of the tools and methods to best make that happen. That's wonderful. I really can't wait to learn what you're, you're coming back with after your trip um, to the US. And I'm, I'm very proud you're part of the University of Leeds and it's clear you totally fit in with our strategy of, of changing the world through research and education. So thank you for this really interesting wonderful conversation Richard and I wish you all the best for the rest of your career and I hope you can stay with us for for a long time we can have many conversations in the near future but this was great thank you so much thank you so much Simone looking forward to it thank you for listening to this podcast from the University of Leeds to find out more about the work of our early career researchers and to read essays written by World Changer researchers, please go to the World Changers page on the university website. Details can be found in the information that accompanies this podcast.